Treks in Sci-Fi podcast number 725 for April 21st, 2019. Getting to the bottom of these signals is of utmost importance to the Federation. <laughs> you never forget your first jump. Spock had a vision. He called it the Red Angel. It changed him. I will find him. Nothing is ever truly gone. Termination begets creation. It's why life is eternal. I have seen a possible future. One that could be determined by our actions. Yours and mine. Show me my brother's mind. I would like to believe that somewhere within the unknown, there is purpose. Being guided toward it. Someone or something is going to end all sentient life in the galaxy. I need you to hold her together. It's coming. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff from Canada, Jedi Jeff, and I am back again to guest host another Treks in Sci-Fi. I'd like to uh, thank uh, Rico again for uh, giving me an opportunity to um, to uh, guest host uh, guest host a podcast. Uh, I always appreciate when he uh, he uh, opens up the mic uh, for me to come and. Um, talk about some uh, different things that interest me in the kind of the sci-fi world so uh, thank you again Rico for uh, giving me another chance to uh, guest host the podcast. Um, today is kind of going to be a mixed bag of um, topics. I was trying to think uh, long and hard on a topic to talk about for the podcast but um, at the end I just kind of decided that I, I'll just do a, a few different topics um, Mainly, I'm going to talk uh, a bit about some of the news that came out of uh, Star Wars Celebration um, that happened last weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to go to this one like I did the, the previous one. But um, besides that, there uh, there looked to be like a lot of a lot of news, and it was well covered. Um, so I'm going to talk about a couple a couple things out of there. Uh, Rico already talked about the uh, the trailer for um, Episode Nine, so. So I'm not going to touch on that. Um, beyond that, um, I'm really looking forward to that movie. Um, so really looking forward to that. Um, I started off the uh, podcast with a little um, clip from uh, Discovery, which just uh, finished its uh, second season, uh, um, like on Friday and um, or Thursday, I should say. It started, finished on Thursday, um, and uh, I have to say. Um, you know, it, it really uh, finished off with a big bang. Um, I don't really want to get too deep into it because I know Rico is going to have a have a podcast next next week to kind of talk about uh, Discovery and uh, Season 2. But I'll just give a couple uh, quick thoughts. Also, I'm not going to um, I'm not going to leave any um, spoilers or anything like that. I'll just talk kind of generally um, my thoughts on the uh, on the show um just for a couple minutes here again nothing uh too too in detail not to um not to kind of uh, step over uh you know what's going to be covered uh, in the in the follow-up podcast um that rico's having but anyways um the last few episodes like wow they like um from a production uh, value standpoint like wow like they they really uh 
brought a lot to it. Like I'm amazed um, uh, with a lot of these uh, programs nowadays, like just the production quality that goes into like a television program is just incredible. Like, um, you know, I, I remember watching like Star Trek, um, like back in the, um, you know, back in like the, the eighties and nineties and, and the original series. And I always thought they look good um, for a television um, show. They look good. Um, but like they've really like uh, they've really picked up the production values um, to the point that some of these um, they look like movies nowadays. So um, like say like say the last few episodes like the production on it and the the visual effects and all that were like like pretty incredible. Um, I have to say um, you know this season kind of had some ups and downs for me, but overall like I kind of really enjoyed it and. Um, Kind of the way they left the um, left it off. I'm I'm actually really really excited for uh, for the next season because I, I kind of it's it's taken it into a spot that I was kind of hoping I I kind of got the feeling like in the last few episodes that um, that maybe that's where they were taking it and and they did that and you know I'm kind of um, I'm really excited about it because I'm kind of excited to see how that plays out and. Uh, not to real, I don't want to give any spoilers or anything like that. So I'll just, I'll just kind of leave it at that. I'm, I like where they've, they've left it off. I like the direction that they're going. And, uh, like say, um, there's a lot for me to get pretty excited about, um, about Star Trek. Um, like say, I'll, I'll admit, um, you know, some of the characterizations they had throughout the, the, this season, like, uh, with Mr. Spock, um, and I was kind of lukewarm on on that. Um, I felt at times maybe um, they portrayed the character maybe not the way I I maybe felt it should have been portrayed. Um, but uh, I had this, some discussions with um, um, some others about it, and they kind of brought up good points that uh, you know you know we're looking at a Spock which is um, still kind of rather young and all that, and he's still kind of growing into into the Spock that we we know in the original series and, and the movies and, and beyond. So, um, and I think in the last few episodes that, that maybe they really brought that home, that, that character development. I did read some comments, um, after like, um, after watching the, um, the season finale where people were kind of wishing that, um, there'd be more Spock and more Pike. But part of me thinks like, eh, going forward, I'm not sure. Um, like, I'm not really sure about that because um, I'm not sure how much further you could take the Spock character really without um, without really uh, you know kind of overlapping on on what you know Leonard Nimoy had done. Like I feel like either they would take that character too far that it might not be true to you know what we saw in the original series with uh, Leonard Nimoy's portrayal or they'd end up only being able to go so far and then the, the character would really have a real stunted character growth. So, um, so to me, like, you know, I'm not necessarily looking for more, um, Spock, Spock stories in this, this universe, but that's just my opinion. If they did decide to bring some more, then I'm certainly going to watch them. But my feelings is like, I'm not sure if, if they can build on that character a lot more without like really, um, you know, running contradictory, uh, to kind of like what we saw in, in the original series. So those are kind of my thoughts on, 
on Star Trek um, Discovery and season two. Um, kind of going to just kind of leave it at at that. Um, like I say, you know, Rico's going to have a podcast next week where they're going to get much more into detail on it. So let's well, let's start by bringing out. We have some people who made a trip here in the snow just to be here for you, starting with Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Let's, let's also bring out uh, Gina Carano. Yeah. Very exciting. Very exciting, very exciting, very exciting. <laughs> you need a hug, too. Yeah. And we'd like to introduce really? a new actor to all of you. You may not know him yet, but you definitely will. Carl Weathers. <laughs> I'm so excited! Let's find out a little bit about who they play. <laughs> yes. You like to how, start the. How should we start? The, I don't know. Maybe introduce. Uh, Pedro, you are the Mandalorian. John, uh, you hear me? What is it like? What is it like to be the Mandalorian? Well, just look at the image. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Fantasy fulfillment. That's what it's like. Anything more? Is that all? <laughs> yeah. Fantasy fulfillment? It's hard about spoiling everything. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. Um, what? Um, They'll try to deceive you into telling them everything. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you you must not give in to this. That's why I just want to point at pictures and be like, <laughs> there. Well, we, we could say he's a bounty hunter and yes. a gunfighter. Yes, 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 gun. yes. Yeah. He said, what's it like being the Mandalorian, oh, what's not it like? what is the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Well, I just meant you personally to keep you out of um, trouble. The, the Mandalorian <laughs> is a um, mysterious, lone gunfighter in the outer reaches <laughs> of the galaxy yeah. 
I would say his, um, some might say he has questionable moral character. Interesting, <laughs> interesting, interesting, interesting. You Which could... is in line with um, some of our best westerns. And Very good. Yes, you're some doing good, great. Some good, some good samurai. You're doing great. You know, all the, all the best, all the good stuff. All the good stuff. And, and, and he's a badass. What do you want to say? He is. I don't know. I, I won't be in trouble if you say the wrong thing for once. So <laughs> I'm really enjoying this. It, 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 they, I think that these in, in, incredibly talented uh, men who also love Star Wars very much have created an incredible, iconic character. Um, that I get to play! <laughs> uh, and now we have uh, Gina Carano, who plays a character, yes. A character named Cara Dune. Cara Dune. Let's tell us a little bit about the character that you play, Gina. Okay, um... So nice to see everyone here. I had no idea it was going to be this big, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have to say, when I got this job, I instantly was like, oh my gosh, I got to be a part of a, a whole nother family. Like, I feel like the, certain Italians have embraced me, MMA community embraced me. I'm kind of an actress now, so now I'm a part of this family, and this is absolutely kick-ass, so I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> um, so my, my character's name is Cara Dune, and um, she's an ex-Rebel shock trooper. Um, who's, I know, not what you were reading online. I saw, I was watching all of you. <laughs> I was like, do they know who I am? No, they don't. Um, and basically, since it's such a secret thing, I've never been a part of something so secret. Um, I can't tell you that much, but I'm um, a bit of a loner, which isn't a far stretch. <laughs> and I'm learning uh, how to have a bit of trouble reintegrating myself into society. So um, I, was, I was blessed to work with such amazing people and have such amazing direction. And I've honestly... I don't think I've done a better job than I did on this this show, so I'm really excited. Well done. And uh, playing the character of Grief Karga is Mr. Carl Weathers. Carl. Yeah. Um, wow. Well. First, I'm really happy to be here. It's like amazingly exciting day of all the things I've been involved in. Oh, I love you too, okay? Um, of all the things I've been involved with, I don't think anything has come close to this. This is insane, okay? Uh, this, 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 this group of fans is just like something out of, out of Star Wars, actually. <laughs> it's that crazy. Uh, but anyway, the character is Grief Marga, and uh, he is a guy who is running this uh, group of bounty hunters. He's kind of the head of this guild of bounty hunters, and uh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, he's a guy who, there seems to be a lot of uh, kind of nefarious people, even if they're good people, they're kind of nefarious sides to them, right? 
So he's looking for uh, someone to go after a product that he wants to bring to a client that's worth a lot and that's very valuable. And uh, guess who he finds? He finds a, a, a bounty hunter named Mandalorian. And uh, the Mando is a guy that he figures can get the job done, so he hires this guy, sends him out there, and the Mando does what needs to be done. <laughs> I just played a clip here from um, one of the panels at um, Star Wars Celebration. This was for the uh, new um, Disney uh, streaming ser series uh, coming out um, called The Mandalorian. And I have to say... Um, Really looking forward to this uh, series now. I'll admit, uh, when they first um, started this series, I wasn't uh, I wasn't looking that forward to it. But that said, you, you don't get a lot of details. And truthfully, I, I watched the panel um, that they had, and you still didn't get a lot of details. But I think what I pulled from that panel was. Um, just the the excitement and the passion that everyone has for the um for this series has gotten me really excited like um John Favreau and Dave Filoni are kind of the the showrunners on this and um man do do they have a lot of passion like I always knew that Dave Filoni had a lot of passion for Star Wars with all his work in like um Rebels and and Clone Wars like um it always came through um but John Favreau like I know people had mentioned that he was a big Star Wars fan, but man, that guy is legit Star Wars fan, and it's got me very excited. And then um, they announced the cast as well, too, and just the excitement on the um, cast um, characters, uh, the people in the cast, um, has got me really excited. They all seem really supercharged to, uh, you know, be be in this uh, this show, like. Um, like they they brought out uh, was it Pedro Pascal who's going to be playing the uh, lead role of the uh, of the uh, Mandalorian and man did he he was just really excited he was like taking pictures and really bringing in you know just taking in that moment of um, you know being at a Star Wars convention and uh, you know you know what it means to be in Star Wars and just you could just see the excitement in his eyes and in, in his face and it was just like uh it was incredible and uh like so it got me really like pumped up and then same thing with um you know Gina Carano and um Carl Weathers both like um both really um excited to be in it I was kind of surprised cuz I thought both of them you know um you know, Gina Carano is, you know, like she's got um, a history in, in some other action movies and then all that mixed martial arts uh, fighting that she did. And, uh, I thought this would have just been like, a, you know, another role for her. But, uh, oh, no, she's like, she's really excited about it. And then same thing with Carl Weathers. I thought, you know, Carl Weathers, you know, you know, he's been around for quite a long time. You know, he's, he's in like he's Apollo Creed in the uh, Rocky movies. And I thought like, oh, yeah, this. Again, I thought, oh, this will just be a, a role for him, you know. He comes from a different generation, you know. You know, Star Wars probably doesn't mean all that much to him, but oh no, he was, I he was so excited, and you know that that excitement really got me excited. And uh, like, say, like, I I don't know, like say, so I'm really like, if everyone's all passionate and excited about this project, you know, now I'm like, I'm super passionate. They had the panel, and they didn't really reveal a lot of details like about like this talk generally about um 
about the show. It sounds like it's going to be kind of um, a bit of a kind of a Western type feel to it. The Mandalorian is a bounty hunter and he works for, um, I guess he works for um, Carl Weathers character, which um, his, his character's name is Grief Karga, who's kind of the, um, he's kind of the, the big boss of the bounty hunters guild. And I guess apparently um, he's got, uh, you know, he has to find some sort of, um, they say it's a product. I'm getting a feeling that maybe a product is, not necessarily a product, but something which is is going to be very um, difficult and very valuable to get. And um, sounds like maybe others have tried and failed, and that uh, he's kind of hired the uh, the Mandalorian to um, to go out and um, acquire this um, this uh, this item or or something of value. And uh, so it it's, sounds intriguing to me. Like again, I'm feeling like maybe it's not an item but maybe a person but um i guess we'll see like say we don't have we don't we don't know very much and kind of the way he described his character it sounded like he was kind of a kind of a sketchy guy you know probably plays both sides of the you know both sides of of the you know the you know he's either good or he's either bad so it's kind of on both sides of things so i like that uh you know they kind of we're kind of getting again into this kind of underworld of um star wars uh, i really i don't know this is this is kind of like you know i know you got jedis and you got this greater thing with the force but for me like you know i've always been a big star wars fan i just like getting into the universe and i feel like this show is is going to bring me right into it like what it's like to kind of um live you know like in a, in the star wars universe and this show seems like it's going to really just give me that that feeling. Like I, f- I got that feeling really well from the uh, the solo movie that came out um, last year as well. And I, I don't know. There's something about me just I don't need like Jedi's and the Force and all that. Just your regular regular people in the universe and just getting transported into the universe that gets me really excited. Also, too, um, Gina Carano's character is also um, sounds like she's. Um, not sure if she's in the uh in this guild as well or not um i guess we'll see i'm i'm guessing she is but um she is playing um what they say is a former shock trooper near, named Kara Dune and i guess apparently she used to be i, I think they she said a rebel shock trooper or something like that and that she sounds like maybe she's having um a bit of um a challenge kind of integrating back into kind of regular life after you know kind of the um the whole um you know, war between the rebels and the, um, the empire and all that. And she's, I guess she's trying to figure out her role, I guess, kind of, you know, in this, this universe going forward. So, um, really looking like looking forward to it. They showed some pictures of like the characters and, you know, they look, um, they look Star Wars-y like to me. So, so it looks great. Um, they also, um, like again, they didn't, um, share a lot of, uh, details, but, um, they shared a few. Um, they showed us some details about the um, the Mandalorian ship, which is going to be called the uh, Razor Crest. And apparently, um, apparently, they made this to be a practical model. And then um, it was kind of interesting. They were talking about making a practical model, and then they said that um, they kind of spoke to some of the uh, ILM guys, and they got all excited about this and said, "Oh, we want in on this! Like, say, we want to help uh, build this model and all that." So they 
it sounded like all these these kind of high level guys at ILM, you know, kind of uh, started pitching in and doing like work after hours in their garages and things like that. I guess apparently um, John Knoll, who's uh, well known for a lot of um, the special effects movies in the um, in the Star Wars, um, he came up with some kind of custom uh, control uh, motion rig to kind of film the ship and all that. And they kind of made the ship. It was kind of this kind of um, uh, I'm got this real kind of um you know kind of steelish type kind of look and uh it looks like a star wars ship um i'm not describing it very well and i, I don't think i'll be able to describe it very well on this podcast so um i'm not going to really try then but the way they're showing like how they're making you know like doing all these special shots of this model was it's really interesting eh how that how you know everyone got so excited about going back and just doing something you know, maybe a little more uh, practical over um, over a computer-generated effect. So that was that was kind of interesting. And then as well too, like say John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they kind of talked about some of the, you know, some of the um, inspiration and, and influence in, in coming up with the show and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting. They talked a bit about. Um, you know how they're going to be bringing in elements from um, all sorts of areas. Sound like they're going to be bringing in some elements from like you know prequels and the original trilogy, probably elements from like the sequels. You know EU stuff. They talked about you know that you're going to see the um, see the rifle or whatever that uh, Boba Fett had in the um, in the uh, holiday special um, you know uh, cartoon uh, series. So it was kind of cool like say it makes me excited that you know these guys are such big fans that they're going to dig deep and and bring in um little elements that uh you know um you know that are going to really uh you know make uh you know star wars fans excited um also too they talked a bit about um when they're filming um they came to this um they're filming an episode or a scene or something like that and um which required a lot of stormtroopers and i guess apparently um they went and they just didn't have enough armor, so they put out the call to uh, the the 501st, which is the um, Star Wars kind of um, stormtrooper costuming uh, community, and uh, they got a bunch of um, they got a bunch of uh, stormtroopers to come up and uh, and and do the filming. And they said they were like really impressed with um, the quality of of these people's costumes and uh, you know just the um, professionalism and the effort that they put in to it and they said yeah it was just such a great experience and they said it was so great that they were able to share it with the fans another interesting thing that they kind of um brought up as well too was that um all the directors of this show are going to um one of the requirements was that they needed to be uh they need to be um star wars fans eh so so if you're going to direct an episode of this uh, show, you need to be a, a Star Wars fan. And I thought, you know, that's really cool and uh, that's really great. And, uh, you know, I've just, I don't know, I'm just so excited about this series now. And uh, I think, you know, the way it was described to me and kind of in the time frame and kind of what they're doing, I, I'm i just like 100% on board with this and just uh, really um, can hardly wait till it, um, till, until it, until it, shows up on, on the streaming service. Uh, that's something, Margaret and Matt, I want to talk to, to you all about, because working on the story cohesion of yes. Star Wars, obviously, like you said, Matt, everything in Star Wars follows a singular timeline. 
Uh, to me, when I heard about these radio transmissions, I was like, oh, here we go. Uh -huh. Can we talk a little bit about some of the stories and conversations we're going to overhear? I mean, what we really want to do is give the opportunity for all those who choose to, to dive as deep as possible into things, right? So there might be some people who just want to go and visit our various vendors in the market and visit some of our shops. But we also give you an opportunity to understand what some of these stories, backstories are for the proprietors. And let's remember that this is a settlement, right? An authentic settlement, which means that all the characters in our land have relationships with each other. They have opinions and ideas of each other. They might gossip about so-and-so over there, or we don't want to piss off the crime boss, Olga. She's in a really bad mood today, that sort of thing, right? So we really wanted to build a believable culture of these characters that interact with each other. I mean, when you have that hours-long audio track, I guarantee I'm just going to go sit in there and just listen. And just listen to it and mark down every little detail because there's so much of it. There's so many ways to learn about every person that exists within the land. We've had so much fun, you know, Matt, with the Lucasfilm Story Group, and us just coming up with all of these stories and being like, okay, we need to have a good representation of this particular species. And we need to have a diversity of languages. And that includes all the species, includes all the droids. We want it to be as inclusive as possible. So we wanted to gather everything Star Wars and put it into our land. And let me just say, it is no easy feat. It really does take a village. Well, that's something I want to talk about. Matt, you're, sit you're talking about, I'm just going to sit and I want to listen to these audio logs. I want to hear this story. Uh, I think maybe, maybe more so than any other uh, one of the themed lands that you have in the parks, this is a land where people just kind of want to sit and simmer in this thing for a very long time, right? Like, I'm not necessarily in a hurry to get onto an attraction. I know the attraction is going to blow my mind when I get there. Yeah. But I've wanted to live in Star Wars for a very long time. How do you design a land around that? Well, you know, that's one of the really fun things is that when we're designing sets for movies, we know that they're very temporary and they're made out of plywood and foam. The great thing about Batuu is that it's real. I mean, steel is steel, concrete is concrete, and you get to explore it by yourself. So no one's going to tell you, don't go around that corner or look in that room. You can feel free to explore it. And all the details are there. And I think that's one of the real big treats is that a lot of times we'll design these wonderful sets and you hardly ever see them because either they're out of focus or they're lit really dark. But here, I mean, you get to explore but you in, in, in any way that you want. The land really is an attraction. I mean, yes. you think of, I mean, it's, it is the third attraction within this amazing outpost on the edge of wild space. And so that's what's been exciting is we put incredible detail. And for the Star Wars, for you guys, we've hidden so many Easter eggs in this land. I mean, it's, you lose track quickly of all the amazing things. No matter who you are as a fan and what part of this franchise you are a fan of, there's something in it for you. Next up, I'm going to um, talk a bit about um, talk a bit about this uh, news, new uh, Galaxy's Edge um, uh, theme park that they're building in the uh, Disneyland and uh, Disney World. Um, I just played a little clip there from um, from uh, uh, Star Wars uh, from the Star Wars Celebration, where they're talking to uh, some of the uh, people behind the um, uh, Galaxy's Edge uh, attraction, and um, 
thought that's pretty cool that they brought in uh, some people like uh, Doug Chiang and uh, Matt Martin from kind of Lucasfilm to kind of work with the uh, Disney Im- Imagineers on on this um, this theme park. Um, sounds like uh, sounds like it's going to be really immersive, and I kind of really like this whole idea that uh, when you go to the park, that you're you're really actually stepping into like into Star Wars, hey? Like um, like I'm. I must admit, I'm I'm pretty excited to uh, to go to this. This is another one of these things that I'd heard about it, but I was going like, eh, I don't know. You know, it's just probably just going to be, you know, some rides and, you know, you're going to kind of be walking around, you know, like, you know, some buildings which look kind of Star Wars, but um, will you feel like you're in Star Wars? And I was going like, eh, I don't know. Like, I, I've been to, like, uh, I've been to some of these theme parks before, like, when I went to uh, the celebration in Orlando a few years back, uh, my wife and I went to um, Universal, and then we went to the uh, Harry Potter uh, um, attraction. And um, I'm not a big, big Harry Potter fan, but uh, you know, I've I've seen the movies, and uh, like I went there, and uh, it was really cool. But um, that said, too, I I guess since I'm not fully integrated into that world. Um, I felt like, oh, I was just walking around looking at some buildings, went on a ride and, you know, a few of the rides in a few of the different areas, but I I didn't feel like I was fully transported into it. But um, maybe with um, the Star Wars, it sounds like um, they're going to have all these people playing characters and all that kind of stuff that maybe, um, maybe that'll really transport me into that, into that universe. Um, I guess we'll see, you know, like, I'm sure it's going to be super busy, so um but as well too it looks like for you to actually go to um go to the star wars uh land i guess in the park you have to actually um register um it's not um they don't charge you for it but you do need a um you do need do need to register for it and you do need a you know a disney park pass whereas the harry potter one like say if you got your universal pass then then you're able to go into the harry Harry uh, Potter uh, attraction. So maybe with the Star Wars one, since you have to register for it, it won't be as um, busy uh, in there. And then maybe you'll have more time. Um, the way they're talking about it, there'll be kind of like um, stories type kind of happening and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to um, kind of finding out that and, you know, kind of uh, getting maybe some story and just kind of the way they said, you can kind of really kind of walk around there. There's no place really... Um, um, sectioned off for you or whatever and you can really get yourself immersed in the um in the uh, star wars um um lands at the the disney and uh like I say it was interesting as well too because i guess the this outpost or whatever is called batu which is uh it's kind of uh i'm like reading the uh, thrawn alliance book right now and i guess apparently this is based off of um off of uh, batu which is uh which is brought up in that uh that book so um, that's kind of interesting that it's kind of tied into some, you know, canon, not some major canon because it's just a book, but, uh, it's kind of interesting and they say they've got all these new characters and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, again, just like the uh, Mandalorian TV series, you're going to be really taken into the, into the world, eh? And, uh, as well too, they said the Han Solo ride would, you get to go on the, uh, or not Han Solo, but the Millennium Falcon ride, you get to go on that and, um, that you, uh, I guess you get to kind of interact with uh, Hondo from the uh, Clone Wars and uh, Rebels series, so that's kind of cool as well too. That they're they're bringing in maybe some of these, uh, you know, characters which weren't you know from from the movies, but from some of the other uh, properties. So 
That's kind of cool as well. And of course, you know, it's not Star Wars without like merchandise, eh? And so part of this, um, part of this, um, Star Wars land too is they've got a bunch of different kind of, um, bunch of like stores and all that, which you can kind of go to. And it's kind of interesting, eh? So that's supposed to kind of, um, be part of the immersion. Like they'll have a, you know, something called Savvy's Workshop where you can actually go and build your own lightsaber. And that's kind of cool. I was looking at some pictures online of, um, you know, some of the, cause they showed some of the product that uh, they'll have. And, um, you know, it's kind of cool that, um, you know, you can go and build a lightsaber. They also have a, a droid depot where you can b- go and build your own droid. It looks like it might be a half scale type kind of droid, kind of, um, similar to the little three and three quarter inch, um, build a droid, um, figures that they have that you can kind of go and you can build your own custom droid. It looks like it might be, uh, might be, um, remote control or got some limited remote control aspects to it, um, from looking at the pictures online. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really cool. And that's something that I'll probably uh, be interested in doing. I wouldn't mind, uh, like say, you know, everyone would love their own full-sized uh, droid, but I'm not sure I'd ever be able to uh, afford that or even have the kind of the patience to uh, build a full-sized full-sized astromech. But maybe one of these um, these uh, kind of these smaller scale uh, ones that they're going to have at this droid depot, because um, they got all the different parts, and then you know they got the body, and they got the dome, and they got the legs, and they're all like so you can mix and match and just really make your own custom-looking um, droid. Consider, you know. S- similar to like this uh, three and three quarter inch um, droid builders that you can do. They also have some other um, yeah, some other items, you know, like they have a first order cargo and a resistance supply. And then um, first order will sell you, you know, kind of um, first order type stuff and resistance, um, you know, resistance type things. Um, kind of interesting. It looked like it was kind of um, just looking at the pictures uh, that I saw. It looks like... Um, kind of a lot of kind of props like helmets and uh uniforms and all that so maybe some like kind of nicer kind of quality stuff than you might normally get in um in um you know regular stores like the the lightsabers certainly look pretty nice so you can kind of build yourself like a really nice unique uh lightsaber um like say likewise when i spoke about the uh the droids and then there's a bunch of different uniforms and uh, robes and all that kind of stuff. They had a bunch of like statues, like they had, they had like the statues which um, were in like Palpatine's office in uh, Revenge of the Sith, and they've got all these other like busts, like these Jedi busts which you might have seen in like the uh, in the archives of the um, you know the archives of of the uh, Jedi Temple. Uh, so it's kind of some really kind of interesting and unique type pieces and all from all sorts of different um different types of properties as well too like i was looking at um they had kind of like a jedi temple guard helmet they had like the dejaric uh chess pieces um what else do they have like they have like um like the ranks for uh grand admiral thrawn um i can't remember the name of this but from the rebels episode like uh, hera they had this kind of um she had this uh this um family um Art artifact or something like that, which uh, Thrawn had taken. I can't remember the exact name of it. I think it started with like a K or something like that. But it looks like they might have that piece there. They have like General Grievous's mask. Um, like I say, they have uh, 
they have some toys as well too they've got these kind of wooden type kind of toys they actually have a wooden toy which looks like um um the same type that Jin had when she in uh, Rogue One when she was like a little girl um so they have a bunch of like really kind of uh, unique and interesting um uh toys and um like uh and collectibles so kind of like I'm excited to go to that this park but also worried that I'm going to need to uh, save up a bunch of money cuz it could be a heavy hit on the uh on the wallet there um given the you know some of the the items that you can purchase there so uh I think that it's kind of interesting and unique too because again these are all different kind of stores uh in the um in the attraction so again they're trying to um kind of um immerse you in the um the Star Wars universe by kind of maybe selling you kind of items which are almost kind of in universe eh? like the the toy that uh, Jin had when she was a little girl eh? it's almost like you're in universe buying the same toy that she may have had and you know you're going you're buying like um you're buying like uh like a uniform or something like that first order uniform that uh or a resistance uniform so it, again it feels a bit immersive that maybe some of this merchandise you're buying you're almost buying it in uh in universe so uh so it's really really cool and i'm you know they showed like all these as well too like different things too like cups and and pins and all that kind of stuff and all kind of kind of cool and uh really unique so it's just ah looking really forward to um you know this uh this world like i'm not sure when i'm going to get to go i, I think i'm probably going to wait a year or so um for you know not that the crowd's ever really going to die down but um maybe wait a year just so i save up money i guess is probably the uh probably what what i want to do there i'm just going to kind of uh end off this podcast with one more um um discussion um again um, more on the uh, collectible and merchandise um side of things but um you know like always uh when they have these uh celebrations um you know new product kind of gets uh gets announced uh, you know the all the licensees um kind of show up and they kind of show off some of the the new product that's coming out and one that kind of really caught my eye um because last few years i've I've started building more uh, lego sets and uh lego they announced a, a new uh tentative um for um lego set um and uh the pictures of this thing um they look like it looks really nice like it's not a ucs set which is um uh, lego's um ultimate collector series set but um it's a it's a really nice and detailed set like this is like a set that you can uh a real display piece um and uh like i say uh, they announced that it's going to be released on may 3rd so the day before uh may 4th um kind of uh kind of understand why they released it on may 3rd because um because uh I'm guessing May 3rd, um, I guess VIP has access to it. And then I guess it's, it's released everyone else on May 4th. But I, I, I suspect they're going to sell out of it on um, May uh, May 3rd. And then May 4th, they usually have some sort of like uh, double VIP promotion points or something like that. So I don't think, because uh, I was thinking, oh, man, maybe I'll wait and I'll have a double VIP promotion p- points and then get this uh, this uh, ship then. But I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be able to. I don't think I think it's going to be sold out, so I I don't think I'll be able to get uh, uh, double VIP points for this uh, this ship. But it looks fantastic. Um, just looking at the pictures, um, some details on it. It's got uh, seventeen hundred and sixty-eight pieces, 
and um, it comes with um, looks like what uh, it's uh, six minifigures. So you get uh, you get a Captain Antilles, you get a Rebel Trooper, you get a C three PO and R two D two, you get a Princess Leia, and you get a Bail Organa. So um, um, some kind of appropriate um, characters for um, this ship. Um, the ship, um, like say, uh, what the what are the details on it? It's it's kind of a long ship. They said it's uh, starship measures over uh, five inches high, twenty four inches long. So it's pretty, um, and then uh, seven inches wide. So it's it's a good size to it. And then as well too, um, they've got kind of some um, playable features in it, like. Um, there's a spot where you can open it up and then you got like a little briefing room with a table where you can have um, Princess uh, Leia and Bill Organa uh, in it. Would have been kind of, personally, maybe I would have liked maybe more, um, you know, kind of the iconic um, um, hall scene, you know, when Darth Vader entered the uh, entered the ship with the stormtroopers and they had that kind of that showdown. I think I would have rather had that over this little, um, this little briefing room scene, but... Um, uh, you get what you get, hey, and and most likely when I get this ship, like say I'm not gonna, I'm going to display it more like a, a model than I I will, uh, you know, taking the pieces off. And then as well too, you get um, what as well they got the cockpits kind of open as well too at the front where you can put your your pilots in and all all that. Um, it's uh, like say it's a really nice looking set. Um, probably the the most detailed um looking set to date. Um. They'd released uh, a UCS uh, set, like, I'm not sure. It's been quite a while. Um, that UCS uh, tent T4 was one of the first ones they released. Um, and then they, re- I think that, I think it was back in, like, I'm not a Lego expert by any, any stretch of the imagination, but I think it was like 10 years ago or something like that, that they released their last uh, uh, one of this. So, um, so it was kind of, it was, yeah, what they said, um, Captain Dale's Antilles is an updated version from 2009. So I think 2009 was the last time that they released a, a set like this. And, um, like I say, I watched a few videos online of some people comparing like the, the previous sets to this one. And, um, yeah, this one looks, uh, very much more detailed with, um, you know, some newer Lego parts and all that kind of stuff. So this is one I'm, you know, I've kind of been waiting on a, a another lego set to pick up to build and i, I kind of like these larger sized ones because i kind of like you know I, I like to take the time to build these and all that so this is one that um i'm going to be uh, definitely uh, picking up so um probably not going to be able to get it when it gets released because again i'm going to try and see if i can get it on maybe a double vip thing but i don't think i will be able to but um this will probably be one that uh, i'll pick up in the next few months um for sure, because I, I really want uh, want to build this. I always like the, the look of this ship, and uh, like I say, it looks great. Uh, like the the pictures on the Lego site looks fantastic. Anyways, um, I think um that's about it for this week for the uh, the podcast uh, talk. Uh, thank you again, uh, Rico, for uh, allowing me to uh, guest host uh, the podcast again. Um, always appreciate that, and. Um, Thanks to everyone who uh, took the time to uh, to listen to it. Um, Rico will be back next week with his uh, discussion on the um, Season 2 uh, Discovery. Uh, looking forward to hearing uh, everyone's thoughts on that. Um, so everyone, um, have, a, have a great uh, Easter weekend. I forgot to 
wish everyone a happy Easter. If you celebrate that, have a great Easter weekend and um, enjoy spring and everyone take care.